You talk. Give me two. Who knows about that garbage? About fantasy. I sure do. Damn fantasy for love. Yeah, we you can sound hear great. you. All right, Lane. How we how are we sounding, Lane? You sound pretty clear to me. Hey, I want to apologize for that. That's very unprofessional. I blame it on oh, all my friends and take no responsibility. <laughs> it's fine. It happens all the time. Good old Zoom. Well, thank you for for standing by and being patient. Um, and can I give you a proper introduction? Go right ahead. Yes. So uh, we did an episode earlier, and, and believe it or not, we have done previous episodes, Lane. Um, <laughs> we did an episode called We Want Winners, and, um, oh. and, it, and to have Lane Be- Beachley on our podcast, uh, Lane is a winner. She's a seven-time world champion, world surfing champion. She's the only surfer, male or female, to win six consecutive titles. She has impacted and advanced women's surfing not only in the water, but out of the water as well. Uh, she's the chair of Australia Surf- Surfing Australia. Uh, the monarch of Australia appointed Lane as an officer, general, Di- general division, distinguished service of a high degree to Australia or to humanity at large in 2015. And she's the founder of Awake Academy. And, and I found a quote on, <laughs> on the website of Wake awake academy and and i loved it because it just no just hanging out with you for three days in fiji um it just spoke to me it was it's wake up own your shit and live the life you love (laughs) did i get that right lane nailed it barnacle nailed it barnacle (laughs) (laughs) but thank you so much for joining us tonight lane my pleasure thanks you guys yes thank you so much How's it over there in sunny California? It's hot today. Is it? it? Yeah, we're in the 90s today. Well, how's it? How's it over in Australia, Sydney? It's well, look, we're in the middle of winter and it's really warm and sunny today. Nice. Did you get out and surf? I did have a surf. The surf was tiny, um, I, but but I went out in my Cali twin, and uh, and dominated surf circles around all the longboarders when it's one foot down at my local beach break. So you know, it was fun. It's always worth getting wet. <laughs> Do you yell at anybody out there? I didn't yell at anyone today. No, I must have been in a good mood. <laughs> well, surfing with you, or I, I can't say I was surfing. I was out in the water with you. You were paddling uh, with me. I was paddling <laughs> with you in Fiji. And um, that's kind of what I, uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about is like just knowing you for those three days in, in Tavarua, like uh, knowing that you're a seven-time world champion and just seeing how mellow you are out in the water and, and just uh, I, I get the... I get the vibe from you that you want people to succeed. Like that's, that's what I got from you. You're telling me where to sit, where to paddle, what to do and, and just rooting me on and just generally uh, very supportive. And, and 
I'm just wondering how somebody so competitive can be so chill. It's called old age and maturity, Scotty. <laughs> oh, you weren't always like that. <laughs> no, no. I uh, I was once tagged as having the compassion of a tiger shark. I like that. I was so fierce, so driven, so focused, uh, so unrelenting. I was, um, yeah, really, really fiercely driven to succeed. And I saw everyone as in my way, not on my way. So I had zero compassion or empathy for myself and therefore that extended to everyone around me. I was just on such this um, relentless pursuit of improvement and success. And uh, upon reflection, I realized the majority of that was driven through my own lack of self-worth. And so therefore I had wrapped my self-worth up in becoming successful or becoming a world champion. So now that I have seven world titles and three masters world titles and a rock star husband and live a dream life, I really have nothing to really drive me to be that ferocious anymore. I can, uh, I can exceed pleasure and enjoyment out of watching people and encouraging people to catch waves and, uh, and enjoy what we all love to enjoy, which is just being in the water and catching waves. Absolutely. I, I love that. And, um, yeah, that, I got that, I got that feeling from you, but I, I have to imagine, um, you're competitive in some aspects of your life. Give me something you're competitive in now. And maybe Look, it's I'm not surfing. Yeah, I'm still competitive in surfing. And, um, uh, but that because I, I tend to, I go out in the water and, um, and I tend to, I think any good surfer will measure up the lineup to determine where they sit within it and how they can dominate it or catch as many waves as possible. So I'm, I'm quite competitive in that regard. I'm competitive in tennis. I do love to play tennis. I'm disappointed we didn't get to have a hit while we're on Tavi, but maybe next time. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. And I'm just competitive with myself. You know, I have uh, expectations within myself that, um, that keep me motivated and, and focused on how I want to feel and what I want to achieve and, and, uh, but being measured with those expectations. Cause the, the expectations I had on myself as an athlete were really uh, oh, quite unacceptable, actually, though, mostly unachievable. And then as Brene Brown says, um, disappointments always the result of unmet expectations. And I've had many of them. So I've, I've lowered my level of competitive competitiveness and uh but that's actually enhanced and increased my level of, of intrinsic motivation uh awesome lane and um so looking at your your stats here we have yeah. 28 tour victories is that is that accurate 29 tour victories 29 and you're um yeah when's the last time you competed on the pro tour or just in, in general in in, in the general. water the last time I competed was down for my local board riders club about a month ago. And um, they needed a girl to, to fill the team to compete against a, a neighboring board riders club. And so I was just out there free surfing. So they threw a jersey on me and I paddled out first and scored a seven and then cheered on the team to, to the win and then came home and went back to, <laughs> went back to life. Wow. Did the competitive spirit come out that day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you put a jersey on me. It's the over. competitive. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, who else? Hey, hey, Barnacle, before we go much yeah. further, who else is in the room with you? I apologize. Let me introduce my, my fellow co host here. Hey. We have uh, Jeremy Heineman over here. We call him Johnny Wingo. Hello, Johnny hello. Wingo. Fellow surfer, uh, big fan of yours. Like, was amazed that we were getting Lane Beachley on the podcast. Yes, indeed. Have several questions Hi, for you. <laughs> 
Thank you. Over here, we have Frankie Corzine in the front here. You give a nod, Frank. Good day, Frank. Thanks for joining us, Lane. This is uh, this is an honor. I know you uh, yeah. didn't have to do this for us. Uh, and ext extremely grateful. So um, My thanks for joining us. And over here, we have Sean Harristy. Uh, uh, Hi, Sean. He makes wine, which I, you know, I, I, I heard you might like a glass of wine every once in a while. And I want to send, I want to send you some California wine. I don't know how, how to do that, but we'll figure it out. I'll pick it up from you when I'm over there for the WSL finals in September. Please come. I, I have a bunch of wine for you. Excellent. My, my wife's family makes it too. So we'll, we'll have ah. a package for you. If you Hang come on. up to Northern California. I'm sure I can make my way up there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and I think I asked you this when we were in Fiji, but have you surfed up in Northern California? Not much, no. Yeah, no reason to, huh? I'm a SoCal girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar to Manly Manly Beach, and Freshies is your local spa, right? Yeah, it is now. Like, I live on a headland that divides freshwater and Manly, so I basically run to the end of the street and choose whether I go left or right based on the swell direction and the winds. What a life, Lane. Awesome. Jealous. Jealous. It's epic. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pass it over to, to Johnny Wingo here. So I have, right a, I have a few questions for you. Right on, Johnny. He did. Uh, he nailed the, uh, if you surf Sonoma County and he said not, right? Yes. Um, how about Santa Cruz? You spend any time in Santa Cruz? I don't like the cold. Oh, <laughs> smart. Don't blame you. Very smart. Um, in saying that, I did do a surf trip to uh, Alaska. Okay. Wow. Done. That was <laughs> one and that's one and done. One and done. One and done. <laughs> right. Did you ever try out Mavericks? No. Uh, I was tempted, and because that's when I was dating Ken Bradshaw for many years, and he was uh, always chasing down the monsters at Mavericks. But uh, I chose to sit on the sidelines for that one. Right. What do you think about uh, Bianca? Over there from San Francisco, Valente. She's legend. Legend, right? <laughs> and she's done so much for surfing and what she's doing for the women. It's 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 unreal. I follow her. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Good you person. know, because when I started towing surfing, which was back in the nineties, I was one of the pioneers for women. Wow. Actually, that was when um Sarah Gerhardt was um dating Ken. She was kind of pioneering those big wave challenges as well. And um when I started towing in I realized there was such a niche for women to get involved in this sport because it's more mental than it is physical. And I really wanted to pave the way for more women. And I actually lobbied to let the guys, um, well, to, and I lobbied to the, the managers of the Eddie Icow event to have women involved. And, uh, but I was kind of the only woman that would have competed. So we couldn't really have a division. And no guy likes to lose to a girl. So I've experienced that surfing out at sunset for many years and competing there. So uh, it's so good to see the women being embraced and encouraged in waves of consequence because we have the capacity, we have the skill set, we have the mental aptitude. We just needed the support and the opportunity. So to see women like Bianca and Paige and Maya, or just all the girls that are just charging and leading the way is incredibly satisfying to watch and, and witness the continued growth and improvement of that arena. Wow. So cool. I'm going to tell my dad about uh, this Zoom and, and, and can't wait to show him, uh, you know, this uh, podcast. And he, he's actually the one that got me into surfing. And so I'm oh, cool. second generation. And 
he's an old kook. He's uh, he don't surf anymore. He's <laughs> he moved inland. Um, so a couple other questions was I think of um, Australia and I think of a surfer. My first person I've ever thought of and always think of is Mark Richards. Um, did you have any personal stories about Mark or anything that's <laughs> like just uh, experiences of surfing with them in the lineup or? Yeah, I've I've spent a bit of time surfing with Mark. The first thing, the first kind of anecdote that comes to mind when I think of Mark Richards is when I was competing for my fifth consecutive world title. He sent me an email cheering me on because at the time he was the the Aussie that had the the record for four consecutive world titles, and uh, he wanted to see me be the one that beat that record. And, and uh, tonight it was really just so encouraging and inspiring to receive an email from him being encouraged and endorsed and inspired by someone like him today i ride you know one of my favorite boards is a board that he collabed with mayhem the cali twin it's one mm-hmm. of the funnest boards you can ride and i shoot tv commercials with him once a year for a, a toyota dealership up in the local hunter region called maitland toyota it's the burton family so i catch up with him at least once a year to film tvcs if only he could remember his lines it would go a lot faster but uh as a tv presenter he makes a great surfer wow <laughs> so cool so I, I have one last thing i have a gift for uh scott here it's uh something i got in, out of a pack of uh cards and um i've been holding on to this uh for no, about a week another. for him and uh it's something i have one question what year was your rookie year 90 or 92 my rookie year on the actual pro tour 1990 1990 so what i got out here is a Lane Beachley 1992 card for Scott. No way. Do you see this, Lane? Do you, can you see that? No. So I have a 1992 card, and hopefully we can send it out to you someday. Oh, classic. I, needed, <laughs> I pulled that out of a pack. I needed autographs, I was Lane. trying to get you and Kelly Slater. I found it on eBay. <laughs> Did you know that existed, Lane? Yes, I hope you didn't ch- pay too much for that. <laughs> no, I pulled it out of a pack. I was I was hoping, and I got you, Christian Fletcher, Peter wow. Mel, and Slater, and I was like stoked. Oh, winning! <laughs> Lane, winning. This is uh, my best card I own right here. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm framing this. I don't care what my wife says. This is going on our mantle <laughs> with our wedding pictures. I waste the money, Barnacle. <laughs> Come on, Barnacle. Come on. Love it. <laughs> yes. That is so rad, oh. dude. That is a good surprise of right course. there. I love that. Oh, all right, Lane. And I have my my bum bag here too, just to show you. And and honestly, I, I really wish I I sacrificed that when I had the chance. You should have. You should have. I thought you would have one too. I thought I started a movement with the with the fanny pack. You started a movement to revolt against the fanny pack. <laughs> so I, let me give some backstory because I came back and I'm like, Lane, Beach, me gave, Lane Beachley gave me the nickname Barnacle and none of these guys bought it. They're like, you can't give yourself a, a nickname. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can't. But uh, Lane Beachley gave it to me and I love it. It's a great nickname. And we were having dinner on, on Tabaru in Fiji and... Uh, it came up that I, I wore a bum bag. So we're sitting at the table with Lane, and she's ruling the table. There's, I don't know how many guys are there. And Lane just sits with us, and she's just part of the club immediately. Well, obviously, she's a, a surf legend. And we're just listening to her, and it comes up that I, I sport a 
Uh, it's called a fanny pack in the U.S. and a bum bag in Australia. <laughs> and Lane did not like this one bit. <laughs> <laughs> Lane was not happy with with the bum bag, and um, it, it everybody kind of piled on to me, and it was it, it was fun. It was a, all in good fun. There was nothing malicious about it. And uh, she said, "You know what? I'm going to come up with a nickname for you. I'm going to think of something. I'm going to think about it." And so the next morning, we, we, it's like a communal breakfast, communal dinner. Next morning, we all come sit at the table again. And Lane goes, you know what? I was thinking about it. And I, I have the perfect nickname for you. And it's Barnacle. Because you cling to things from the past. Like an old pier <laughs> pylon. Or is, is, that, is that accurate, Lane? Nailed it. You just don't <laughs> want to let go of the past, buddy. <laughs> You're just holding on for dear life. I know, Lane, and I love it. And uh, it's the favorite nickname I've, I've gotten from anybody my whole life. So thank you. <laughs> Has your wife embraced it? She, um, she's embracing it. Gianna, come here. I want to introduce you to Lane. Um, no, that's that was that was uh, the highlight of my trip, Lane. Just Just being able to... The the night you came in and we were all kind of sitting out on the on the deck looking at restaurants, watching the sunset, talking, and I look over to my left and I'm like, holy shit, that's Lane Beachley. <laughs> and um it's much like that movie Blue Crush that you were in, where the uh Kate Bosworth looks over and goes, something to the effect of holy shit, that's Lane Beachley, yeah. but I don't think they said shit. Um yeah. I felt I I've, I'm going to write my own Blue Crush now. Blue Crush 2. Mm. Will you star in it? Mm. <laughs> well, well, hopefully the uh, my appearance is a lot longer than Blue Crush because that was like a blink-you-miss-it cameo. <laughs> Lane, this is my wife, Gianna, Barnacle's Hi, Gianna. wife. Yeah, Hi. I just wanted to meet you because uh, I've told her all about you. Yes, I've heard all the good stories about you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe a word you heard. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, Oh. I, I just asked. I just, I just asked Scotty if you've embraced the the nickname Barnacle because uh, he just doesn't want to let go. He just clings on for dear life. Yeah. Right. You gotta scrape him off. Yeah. Why well, been calling him? Ways. What, Johnny? Oh, <laughs> we've been calling him Squid Lips for a long, long time. Squid Lips. Squid Lips. Why? Because yeah. he's a squid. That that came from an old surf movie, Lane. That came from um, Big, Big Wednesday. Wednesday. Big Wednesday. That ain't Matt Johnson. That ain't Matt exactly. Johnson. Yeah. Squid lips. Exactly. Oh, Nailed was, it. That is great. Nailed it, Lane. <laughs> That's Becky Corden. Hi, Lane. Nice to meet you. My wife says, pleasure to meet you, Lane. Thanks for stopping in. <laughs> she says, thanks for stopping in. <laughs> She's going to be in uh, California in September. Oh, cool. We're going to get her some wine. Oh, nice. yeah. And you're surfing in California? Yeah, I'm coming over for the WSL finals. I'll be down at Trestles. At Trestles? Yeah, for the finals. So um, maybe they might be able to get a heritage heat together with me and Lisa Anderson. That'd be fun. Oh. Good old battle right there. Do you want to go there, Lane? Do you want to go there? Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So uh, where do you and Lisa Anderson stand? Uh, Fierce competitors, friends? Fierce competitors, rivals, um, I'd say we're friends. Yeah, we bring out the best in each other, but we definitely don't like to lose to one another. Um, we, we have, I think that our views of life and the way in which we live our lives are polar opposite. And, um, you know, Lisa, fortunately, 
you know, she was such the golden girl of the 90s for women surfing and she really paved the way. She broke down a lot of those stereotypical barriers and the sexism that was a part of surfing for such a long period of time. She made it okay to be a girl. She she reinvented the benefit of gender for women surfing because we'd lost it for so long and and uh, she inspired me to want to be a world champion. I'm looking forward to, to seeing her in California and giving her a hug and, yeah, if we can put on the jerseys and, and reinvent the rivalry of the 90s. Uh, oh. both in our 50s now that'll be a lot of fun i'm gonna be front row lane <laughs> front row for that just yeah. not without you just make sure you have your fanny pack because i might need something out of it all right today i'm gonna have chapstick sunblock whatever you need he's gonna be camping at <laughs> san onofre park beach park with his fanny pack for sure oh uh, that's it um lane that picture behind you is that ours is that you getting that big barrel yeah. at ours yeah that's me at ours that's the one and done that was uh, I watched that this morning and I was I'm just blown away every time I see that. I sent yeah, it to it I sent it to everyone here at the table and wow. Good night. Yeah. You can't yeah, mess so up I there. A, I was at an event the night before and um, I still hadn't committed to going because I was invited down there by the Bra Boys and when they invite you to do something because they wanted me to be the first female to charge it and and ride it and uh, I thought well that's an honor but what are you actually inviting me to do kill myself because that wave is so dangerous it breaks on a flat barnacle covered slab <laughs> into a flat rock face so you're all over the place down there Scotty Mm-hmm. And it was really scary paddling into the lineup and just watching the wave, just going, oh, my goodness. I mean, how is this makeable? Because it's really death-defying. And it took me about an hour to find the confidence to really get in towards the lineup where I could take off and get close to the barrel. But it wasn't until they just kept screaming at me, when are you going to grab the tow rope, that I go, okay, okay, <laughs> I'll grab the tow rope. And Jeez. when they towed me into the first one, I was too too in front I was going too fast so I kind of skipped the barrel but I got spat at and mm. then the second one I was I was all out of the place but this was the third one that I caught and uh, I remember when I let go of the tow rope and I heard the guys at the top of the wave just screaming at me watching they said something like watch the bubble and I was like what the fuck are you talking about a bubble yeah. like and I looked out and there's this kind of oh just this bit of water that kind of moves around this rock and then I kind of navigated my way around that and I remember standing up and looking ahead and seeing the barrel so far ahead of me and going I'm dead like I'm gonna die but I thought well I might as well enjoy the view while I'm here and also give myself the opportunity to, to escape this so as you know in surfing where you look is where you go so I just kept looking up because if I keep looking up eventually I will go up and uh the the whitewash ball literally came from underneath me pushed me up and spat me out and the guy who Richie who towed me into that wave I turned around and I think he was expecting to have to peel me off the rock so everyone thought I was going to die in that on that particular wave and when I got spat out everyone was just I don't need to do that again one and done I'm out so I put my board in the boat and went okay thanks everyone (laughs) wow that's that wave lives in in infamy that that is uh Wow, I don't even know what do you how do you even come down from something like that? Uh, <laughs> couple glasses of wine. Just, yeah, go home and have a shot of tequila, I think. Is <laughs> the best ways to come down from that. I literally I just got out of the I got out of the water. I went I went and watched the vision and just thought, wow, that was pretty amazing. And um and then went home and I've never gone back. <laughs> like, how far is that from, from where you live? Uh, it's about an hour away from where I live. Okay. That's uh, incredible. I, wow. I yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Just fun. Just uh, fun. Yep. Uh, 
give me one wavelength of your life that that's that's the one that stands out. Whether it's winning your sixth consecutive, winning winning your seventh, winning your first. Um, was there a wave that that did it, or a, a moment? The first wave that comes to mind was my first perfect ten. And unlike today, where they do get thrown around a little bit more freely than they did in my era, it was the first heat of the event that I was going to win my sixth consecutive world title. So it was Honolulu Bay mm. and it was, um, it was a beautiful day. It was really light winds. It was, I have no idea what day of the week. I know it was in December and I just remember paddling into the wave and I, and it was because of three person heats in that first round. I was, I hadn't caught a wave for like 10 minutes and it was mm. a 20, 25 or 30 minute heat anyway. And I paddled into this wave and similarly to what happened at ours, I, I got into the barrel and the whitewash ball came up underneath me and, and I kind of wobbled a little bit. And then because I was in there for so long, the judges told me they just stopped watching because everyone had written me off because there was no way I was coming out. And then all of a sudden I got spat out and then I went back into it again mm. and then it closed out on me. And so I just thought it was a pretty remarkable barrel. And then I started hearing the scores coming down the microphone. I was like, oh, my God, it's taken me 13 years to get my first perfect 10. No way. And wow. uh, that was a pretty remarkable start to an extraordinary event where I go on to make the final. I won the world title in the semifinal. I made the final. I made a rookie area in the final where I listened to the water photographer scream me into a wave that I knew wasn't the best one mm. of the set and I went it. The one behind it was better. I got an 8.9. She got a 9.5. And then that flipped the heat to where I mm. won the world title but didn't win the event. Oh, wow. And then that night, because at the time I was sponsored by Billabong, and instead of going out and partying and celebrating, they had already organised some sort of autograph signing on the other side of the island. So instead of going out and celebrating winning six consecutive world titles i ended up in the back of a limo with a root beer and some french fries and i'm heading to a mall in kahala or somewhere Kahuka. i don't even remember the name of the town <laughs> i was heading to Kahuku mall or something oh. and um and signed autographs all night which was just riveting hey no knowing you i'm sure you had a smile on your face the whole time I was pretty stoked. Yeah, I was, I was really stoked. It was it was a extraordinary day, but that that's one of the most memorable waves of uh, of my life. Honolulu and Bay, then, Maui. So one of the waves that I caught at Chopu the year that I won at Chopu in two thousand and one, coming in fading, bottom turning, coming up, getting pulling into the barrel, standing up in it, getting spat out, and still could only get a nine point six. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And then the head judge came over and, and actually apologized to me the, that night and saying, sorry, it was a 10, but we just didn't Could, give it to you. So, yeah. Wow. How does that, is that better or worse that they told you that? I know. <laughs> right? Would you rather have not known that? Pretty much. Well, you, you knew it was a 10. <laughs> Look, in my head, it was a 10. That's all that matters. Exactly. But it was, yeah, I've had some pretty awesome waves in my life. Can't complain. Oh, uh, Lane, love you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I'm, we're happy to keep you here all night. If you want to stay. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure she's got stuff to do. Is there anyone else around the table that would like to ask a question? Uh, she's tired of my right. questions, guys. Oh, uh, I don't know. How, how have you seen uh, the sport uh, evolve since uh, once you started and where we are today? And uh, the surfer, as far as the, their strength, their, their balance, or equipment? 
Yeah, everything's evolved quite dramatically. Have you seen the documentary Girls Can't Surf? I haven't, sadly. I have not. Okay. I, I'll that's, watch that's that tonight. That's your next piece of homework. Okay. Right. There you, go. <laughs> you guys got to watch that doco. It's essentially place. a snapshot of the shit show that was women surfing in the 80s and 90s. And yeah. uh, the, the evolution of women surfing since then has been profound. And I'm, I'm re- extremely satisfied to see where women surfing is today because I'd hate, to, I'd hate to reflect on all the battles of the boardroom at the beach and all the battles that my generation, my predecessors, that we all endured and then have it to amount to nothing. Whereas today, women are paid the same, they're given the opportunity to surf in the same waves, they're encouraged, they're promoted, they're supported, they're heroed, and we just weren't granted that opportunity. So it's, it's much more emphatic than just performance because there's a lot that goes into becoming a, a professional surfer and there's even more that comes into becoming a world champion surfer. And that's why I'm so proud of the, you know, the faces of Stephanie Gilmore and Carissa Moore and Tyler Wright and all the girls that have really changed and, and driven that, um, that dynamic because it's such a, it's such, as we all know, it's such an amazing sport. But to see the girls be granted the same opportunity, the same prize money, the same level of support and to be celebrated and recognised in such a way is very satisfying and rewarding. Um, you're obviously passionate. So who, who got you started in all this, this, this career that obviously speaks for yourself, but, um, who put the surfboard in your hand? My dad, um, my dad put a board in my hand. So my dad, Neil was a surfer. My older brother, Jason was a surfer. Any girl who grows up with an older brother, they want to be doing what their older brothers are doing. And I can just say, I do it a whole lot better than he does. I stole his board (laughs) and, um, and paddled out at Manly as a four-year-old and I just found it and connected and confident and when I started surfing I never really had the grand ambition to become the best in the world at it I just was just in a a happy place of of love and joy and fun and freedom and then my dad uh, sorry my mum who uh, my dad was married to a woman called Valerie and she died when I was six and then when I was eight, my dad sat me down and told me I was adopted. And it was that really, that moment was the real catalyst in my life because even though he was so loving and supportive in telling me that I, you know, I, I wasn't of, not of blood relation, but I was, I always felt, look, I always felt very different to my family, but he tried to reassure me that I always belonged to that family. And then in my mind, because I had the the capacity to, generate stories and establish judgment and anxiety and fear around that at that older it's a much older age to be told that you are adopted I decided that I wasn't abandoned and rejected and that's really what drove me to become a world champion because I thought at that stage as an eight-year-old if I'm if I don't belong here then what do I have to do to make myself feel like I do belong and I had created this story that if I become a world champion at something then I'll belong I'll be worthy and so then I set the goal to become a world champion. And at the time I was playing cricket, soccer, hockey, golf. Like I played every sport you can imagine, but surfing was my number one passion. So when I joined the Pro Tour fresh out of high school as an 18 year old, I had my sights solely set on becoming a world champion. So much so that when I became number two in the world, it was a bitter disappointment. 
I was extremely frustrated and annoyed at the fact that I couldn't win. It took me five years to come to come number two, and then I wanted, I had wanted to win a world title in the first five years of my career, but it took me eight. And there were several times when I wanted to quit and walk away. It was all too hard, ready to give up. And fortunately, I just had what I refer to as people like my dream team and my honesty barometers who basically brought the best out of me, elevated me, celebrated me and, and um, ensured that I didn't give up and quit because losing is temporary, but quitting makes it permanent. Mm. Oh, wow, man. Powerful. That's a good one. I, I appreciate that. I thank you for, um, you know, pulling the, uh, the curtain back a little bit and giving us some, uh, some of your life experience. It's awesome to hear that. Um, I guess kind of on a lighter note, I, I, I I'll, it's not a zinger, but um, this will be my last question too, and then you can carry on. Um, rate the following NXS songs from your least favorite to your most favorite. <laughs> and the four Don't are... You know, oh, my least favorite to my most favorite. Yeah, you're, so we're going to start with the least, and we're going to end with your the favorite song of the night. So... Okay. The four my are. Least, ooh, my least favorite is probably Baby Don't Cry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Baby He's typing it. Don't Cry. All right. Don't Cry is my least favorite. And then I just have a whole album of favorites from Kiss the Dirt to. Um, Wow, I mean, that's mind-blowingly hard because I have. So, I, I mean, I'm a massive fan of In Excess, and I love nearly every song they've produced. But my favorite song is one that's probably a little obscure. It's called Johnson's Aeroplane. Mm. Johnson's. That's Aeroplane. your favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite In Excess song. So it's not one that you'd probably have heard in America. So it wasn't as popular in the States as Need You Tonight or Suicide Blonde or Devil Inside or uh, Original Sin or Kick. But Johnson's Aeroplane is one of my favorites. I love it. Okay. We will have to take a halftime break with that song. Yeah. Perfect. Let's do this. (laughs) uh, Lane, take take one thing from America and, um, and give us one thing from Australia. What is, what are they? It's a really random question. <laughs> Barnacle. Uh, you know, we could edit that one out. We could edit that one out. You sure are a barnacle. I've had a couple For beers, sure. Lane. I apologize. Oh really? Yeah. Never. Never. <laughs> like one thing from a, like can, do we can you pick a theme at least? Because that's a really broad, ambiguous. Oh my question. God. Like whatever, like food. Um, you take food. What's, you could take what's your biggest packs. American stereotype, or what, what? What's like? Oh, that's an American. Oh look, there's so many things that are American. <laughs> what's your favorite food? American food. Favorite American well, the food. First thing, the first thing I think of American stereotype is like monster trucks. Oh god, uh, <laughs> that's a special breed, Lane. Okay. That's a special breed. America just has to be bigger and better, but in actual fact, it's just worse. Like, it doesn't have to be big and bright and bold. But for you guys, just you, you, I don't know. America just seems to have this. If we're the biggest and best, then we'll be, I don't know what, idolized or. Lane, you know where that comes from, though? No, where? From Crocodile Dundee. You think that's a knife? This is a knife. 
<laughs> that's that where the bigger is better comes from. That's yeah, why America. I mean, knives, not trucks. <laughs> <laughs> you you set the bar. Ozzy set the bar. Okay. Yeah. And you want me to pick something from Australia that's traditionally Australian? I'd go Vegemite. Oh my god! No. Can't wow. do it. That's right. Okay, so we've got food polar opposite America, Australia, Vegemite, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Do you like it? I love peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love Vegemite. I got to be honest. Well, you got to broaden your horizons, Barnacle. Is Come it on. good for salty, you? Salty goodness. Yes. What, what are what are the ingredients? I mean, I I I've Brewer's heard of it, yeast, but guaranteed. It's, it's mostly just yeast and then maybe a bit of molasses and a whole lot of salt. There's not, uh, <laughs> but apparently it has a whole lot of vitamin B in it, which is apparently good for you. And is it what formed kind of in the shape of like a granola bar or like? No, a, it's like a spread. That's oh, a spread. It's a like spread. hummus yeah. almost. You guys, oh. because, you, because you are notorious for layering spreads an inch thick. If you did that with Vegemite, you will hurl. <laughs> so it's a very thin layer. Okay. Very we thin. We have another homework assignment. We're all going to get Vegemite. In our next yeah. podcast, we're going to eat it. Yes. Oof. For you, Lane. Not this shit that's made from other stuff, like real butter. Okay. And then a thin, nice layer of Vegemite and eat it. And I'd love to know what you think. I'm more of a right. Marmite. I'm a Marmite <laughs> man myself. No, no, no Mar not Marmite. Come on. <laughs> I can't hear what you say. Lane says no. No? <laughs> Computer says no. <laughs> hey, Lane, um, I want to get you going. I, I appreciate you hanging with us for all the technical difficulties we had, and uh, we're still having them, Such by the way. Uh, I know. Push her. <laughs> exactly. But you're the best. And, um, I, like I said, we're happy to stay on and talk to you all night and... Um, <laughs> Can you just be the fifth member of our podcast? You don't want you don't want to be part of this motley crew. We No, you're right, I don't. No, no, no. It doesn't pay well. Lane, we do we do something at the end of every every episode where we do yep. a life sentence. So it's just one sentence of, of life advice, funny, serious, whatever it may be. Just a, a, a word of advice, a, a sentence of advice. Not to, sorry to put you on the spot again. A negative wisdom. Gosh. And a uh, sense of advice of like life wisdom. Yeah, but it could be funny. It could be fun. It could be silly. Uh, you know, I know. I know you have a lot of wisdom and. Uh, yeah. So many pieces of. It could be like don't drink and drive. Don't. Well, um, I mean that's that's common sense. <laughs> True. Maybe Barnacle just <laughs> for needs some to people. Let for some go. people. Let go. Some people, I'll admit, I did do a bit of that back in the nineties because you, you know it's just there was especially when I lived in Hawaii or spent months in Hawaii. I actually got pulled over on the wrong side of the road because I was driving home from Haleiwa Joe's and I had maybe a, a couple of outside double ups or a couple of mai tais, <laughs> and I was on the wrong side of the road because I was watching Lani's because it was a full moon. I was looking at Lani Akeas and, and the the cops pulled me over. I'm like, sorry, Osifa. I was uh, looking at the like, All right, Lane, just make your safe way home. You'll be fine. Oh, he let so you go. Not something I'm proud of, but um, yeah. Look, life, life, and wisdom. I'm often asked, "What advice would I give my younger self?" And mm. the advice that I would give my younger self is, it's not that profound, but it's just that 
you're you're never alone i think especially and this needs to be shared with men too because mm. we've got this dramatic spike in suicides in young men because you're not being taught how to honor your emotions and then share them in the safe environment and holding the space for yourself and honor how you feel i wish i was taught that in high school mm. because when i went onto the pro tour in the first five to seven years, I was what I refer to myself as a classic victim. And the way that I reflect on that period and, and label myself that way is because it was everyone else's fault or everything else's fault for why things weren't working out for me. It was my board's fault, my ju mm. the judge's fault, the condition's fault, my sure. peers' fault, my leash, my wax. Everything outside of me was to blame. And then it wasn't until I put a mirror up in front of myself and went, have a good hard look at yourself. Like the common denominator in all this disappointment, all this heartache, all this suffering, all this failure is you. So wow. you have the opportunity to flip it and do something about it if you're willing to own the fact that you are at the center of it. And so suffering is a choice. Longing causes suffering. If we stop longing for shit that we don't have and things that we don't need because we're trying to just go back to my teenage self and go, it's going to be hard, it's going to be messy, and that is totally okay. Just find your dream team. Find the people around you that will just keep nav helping you navigate your way through that and have some fun with it because life's meant to be fun. We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time, and it can't always be fun, but... When I look back at the victim that I was and how quick I was to lay the blame on everybody else, the minute I stopped laying blame and started taking ownership, then I realized that it was choice, not chance, that determines my destiny. And I think that's the final piece of a life wisdom I'll share with your listeners, that it's choice, not chance, that determines the quality of your life. So choose wisely. Choose the people you surround yourself with. Choose how you live your life. Choose how you treat yourself. Choose things that actually elevate you and lift you up and light you up versus suffocate you and depress you and and uh, and stop convincing yourself that that's that's a badge of honor. Wow, that's really powerful, yeah, Lance, and and so true because I I you know we I think we've all played victim at some point in our lives where things aren't going right for us and we we want to blame everybody but ourselves and and it takes that moment to look in the mirror and hey why is this happening is it is it yeah. everyone else or is it myself yeah exactly absolutely and i think we all hit that point cool because the amount of times my competitors congratulated me and stuck a knife in my back at the same time because it was all my fault right the amount of time that my my peers and my competitors blamed me for stealing their world titles mm -hmm. like the amount of times it was always my fault i'm still blamed wow and that says more about them than it does about absolutely. me absolutely and that's a healthy way to look at it it's like yeah. the song I wrote, looking into the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> it's a musician exactly. over here. <laughs> the one thing I learned when I was competing for my seventh world title was that the target that's on my back, if I just turned that into a mirror, I gave them an opportunity to look at what they were mm. doing, you know, how they, whatever they were projecting onto me, whatever they were saying to me says more about them than it does about me. I choose to take it on or I choose to deflect it. And I chose to deflect it once I built that armor around myself. I love that, Lane. And it kind of goes along with like everybody's fighting some kind of battle within their self. Yeah. Like you, you walk down the street and somebody's having a bad day or, you know, you don't get a reaction you like and everybody's dealing with their own little demons inside. Right. Yeah. 
yeah. One way Everyone's or the other. Everyone's got a story. Yeah. You just got to be willing to share it. Exactly. And, and don't be so quick to judge. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was, I was super judgmental, super critical, super quick to judge. Whereas today, when someone doesn't respond in a way that's the in a projected expectation of mine, I like I literally stop and I go, I wonder what's going on in their lives. Mm. And then that prevents you from behaving in a way that's incongruent with who you truly are and how you truly want to be. That's important because not a lot of people take that moment though, to step back and go, they, cause they have their own, their own thing going on with them that they're going, they're, they're thinking they're projecting it onto them, but yeah, Yeah. it's, it's something totally unrelated to them. No, no, no connection. None whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's called a should manual. What is it? I wonder what's I wonder what's on all of your should manuals. What? How do you spell that? Well, should like what should? should. How oh, should. should, people, should, should good yeah. manual. Yeah. So you know when you you, you project expectations and mm-hmm. and all of a sudden and a lot of these expectations are subconscious or unconscious and then all of a sudden they don't respond in a way that you expect them to and then all of a sudden you're shooting all over them. Oh, that's I like that. Yeah. Shooting all of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shit all over my friends all the time. <laughs> these these three specifically. Yeah. Oh, I can't come to terms to call him Barnacle quite yet. I, you know. Why not? Because uh, he, he he he, you know, he went with squid lips. I mean, you know, you gotta okay. you gotta you know. Yeah, but Lane Beachley gave me the nickname. I feel like Barnacle. he's embraced it too hard for us to accept it. I'm calling yes. him Barnacle. Oh. Yes. Lane, talk so, some sense into these kids. How should he embrace it? No, I mean... Huh? I'll shit all over you. Listen. It was his presentation of the story, and it was like he gave himself the name Barnacles. And I was like, you don't give your, yourself no, nicknames. No, he didn't. But, I gave it to him. Okay. He allowed me... He gave me the, the, the space and the time to... To work on it, I wanted to give him something meaningful. Wow! So even though Barney, it can just be between you and me. You don't have to take on Barnacle <laughs> between anyone else. It can just be our code names for I each other. I love it, Lane. Thank you. I'm calling him Barnacle very... forever. <laughs> <laughs> that means a lot, you can Lane. Call him Barney Squid Lips. There we go. Exactly. There we go. Barney Squid Lips. <laughs> don't be a hoe, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> we call my dad Cookstone Senior. Cookstone Senior. Why are you Cookstone Junior? Oh, I guess so. <laughs> I didn't put it that way. You walked right into that one. <laughs> I did. Darn it. Uh, Damn it. Uh, his dad's a classic Santa Cruz surfer. Long hair, uh, handlebar surfer mustache, longboard, just out there. Looks like he's from the 70s. Yeah. That's epic. How old is he? He is, um, he is what, 72. He's 72. That's- Awesome. So what an he, inspiration to yeah. be still there and, and doing what he does at that age. That's amazing. Yeah, well, he, he actually, he's retired surfer now. He's He moved inland, so he does a little bit more fishing oh, yeah. than surfing. But we lived in, um, we were, we've been all over the place. He was in Florida for a long time, uh, surfing Cocoa Beach back in the early 80s. And then in Santa Cruz, and yeah. Epic. Good old times. Good times. Yes. <laughs> well, it's been good times talking to you, boys. Lane, yes, I love you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You, uh, you are a special person. I really appreciate. It. Like this was just a, a thought I threw at you when we were on when we were out at Tavarua, 
You're like, absolutely, I'll be on your podcast. And uh, you delivered, and you delivered uh, just like I thought you would. And like, you are a special person. Well, and uh, it's, uh, it's we, undeniable. Should we take her out with the little garbage time music? Lane, uh, what do you, what do you want your, your going out music to be? Do you want NXS or do you want our theme song? Uh, definitely not your theme song. Okay. Oh. <laughs> We're going Johnson's Aeroplane. No, no, no. That was the halftime. That was the halftime sounds. Okay. The intermission sounds. No, I'd like to go out with my theme song for my world title seven and six and seven, which was "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. Oh, oh let's I do like it. it. I like it. Yes. Lane. Oh, yeah. Lose yourself. I like that. That got Amazing. you fired up. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, because you only get one shot. You only yeah. do get one shot. Not miss this chance to blow this opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Okay. You know, when we're kids, opportunities are infinite. But as we get older and wiser, we realize that they're not. So grab grab life by the horns and live it to the fullest. Lane, I got you queued up. You dropped so much wisdom, more than our listeners are, are used to. So, oh. yes. <laughs> I think we Why, just hit... you normally had three beers by now? Yeah, yeah four or five, actually. Uh, okay. Well, no wonder. I'm surprised they're still listening. I'm surprised you didn't have a gra- glass right. of wine tonight. <laughs> So it's well, only it's like two there. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. That's right. Over in Sydney, it's it's, uh, it's five thirty somewhere everywhere. Right? Well, well, I want to just say one more time. Thank you for sticking with thank us. You so we much. had a lot of disconnections and a lot of technical difficulties. You are the best. Uh, I met place. hanging out for three days with you. You're the real deal. You're thank li- you. You're uh, I can't say enough about you, Lane. Thank oh, you so much. You are the goat. We're gonna play you out with "Lose Yourself." Okay. God oh, bless yeah. you. God bless. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Have a great night. Love you, Lane. Take care, Lane. Have you guys. Thank you, Lane. Woo-hoo. One shot. One opportunity. Seize everything you ever wanted. One moment. Did you capture? Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, there's vomit on his sweater already, mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms, but he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down, the whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out, he's choking how, everybody's choking now, the clock's run out, time's up, over, cloud, snap back to reality, oh, there goes gravity, oh, there goes gravity, choke, he's so mad, but he won't give up daddy's he knows. He won't have it, he knows His whole back's that he's rough It don't matter, he's tough He knows that, but he's broke He's so stacked that he knows When he goes back to this mobile home That's when it's back to the lab again, yo This old rap shit, he better go capture this moment And hope it don't do it Lose yourself in the music, the moment you own it You better never let it go You only get one shot, do not miss your chance to blow This opportunity comes once in a lifetime You better lose yourself in the music, the moment you own it Sensation in excess. Brain delay, man. I know. We had to come off the the high of talking to Lane Beachley. We sure did. That was amazing. That was amazing, truly. Uh, Someone at her stature to give us time of day. Dwellings, dwellers, uh, backcountry people. Cellar dwellers. Californians. Her time. That was... uh, that was that was great. It was great to see. She's inspirational, huh? I know you and Boog got uh, a lot out of it due to the surfing, but uh, just as her as a human being and a totally. person, um, amazed. And that's where I'm at. Like more, 
more so as a person than than anything like the seven world titles is something but her as a person just meeting her i'm like wow just impressed better person than a surfer if you can even believe it which ah, is that's tough yeah i mean the best surfer in the world i'm sure she's a better take person. person for sure yeah and i think she person too. she would agree with that moving on but well, what do we want to talk about uh tonight you know is is a is a surf special you know but um we could talk about some other things what do you got what do you got on your docket there frank you know, All Star Game just happened. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Let's <clears throat> just work backwards, like or forwards, but in the at half times, go around the horn real quick. Move forward, working backwards. Something like I that. like the sound of that. <laughs> how how was your Fourth of July uh, week day? It was good. <clears throat> after I scuffed my foot and you rescued me, I f- <clears throat> I forgot about that. You scuffed his foot. I did not scuff his foot. He, we, so we left your house after, what was it, episode 18? Mm-hmm. Um, I left my truck. He was on the skateboard. Go on. Um, I think I got about to 7th Street when Squiddy called me. Oh, my God. Barnacle. Barney called me, and uh, I thought maybe he left something in my truck. So, it, you know, he's... In the tone, I knew instantly when he said, hey, where are you at? I'm he was like, in trouble. Uh, big, big trouble <clears throat> in Little China. But, By uh, the way, 7th Street's going the wrong way. <clears throat> you weren't even headed home. Yeah, I was heading home. Not him. I was heading towards 7th Street when he called me. Uh, he was on, what's the road? The, the, I made it about 20 yards out of your house before I fell and was bleeding profusely. Basically in front of Depot Park. Oh, he didn't make it far at all. No. No, he didn't go anywhere. Maybe football length. is the, That's when he called me. And I was, like I said, I was about at 7th Street. So I got the call. He says, I jacked the toe up. I'm like, is it bad? He's like. It's not good. Well, he's calling, so it couldn't be, <laughs> couldn't let me, be good. Let me interject. Fill, fill some space here. That I was skateboarding out of your house, and I dropped off a curb wearing, like an idiot, wearing sandals. Mm. And just mm. toe into the the concrete and took off about a... Which toe? The big one? The big one. The big Typically, one. do you wear open-toe shoes? Not a good well, idea. Yeah. yeah Especially not, when you've been drinking a little bit. Not skateboarding. Not smart. Yeah. I'm curious what Lane would have said. I kind of... If I re- remembered this sequence happening... Anyways. If I know Lane, and I think I do now, she would have said that's a bad call. Bad idea. I don't think I, she'd I call agree him Barney. With that. I think she or Barnacle probably more like Bad idea, Barney. Barnacle's no better. Barnacle's no better. Not this one though. But looked around, I got to let, let me preface what you're about to say with my decision to even call you. Well, he felt like he had, you know, his wingman was there, right? No? Well, no, I had barely made it out of Sean's door on my skateboard. Oh. Scrape my toe. Toe? Keep skating, and I get to about. Um, you were right. In, well, you were Second like, Street East. You're between the Mission and the First barracks. Street East. But you're leaking fluids, big but, time. But I feel my foot just slipping all over the place on my skateboard, like just slipping. I'm like, oh, this is probably bleeding more than I anticipated. So he didn't call Defern. He called 
someone not named Deferred. Not named Deferred. Was his name Frank Corzine? Indeed. Frankie, you're in Here my back go. pocket. Huel <laughs> <laughs> Hauser, thank you. That was Here we well, go. well placed. Wow, I did it again. Is it on loop? I hope so. I keep it going. So we had uh, I had a bunch of napkins up front, which where he then plugged the hole on his big toe. So I had just actually just cleaned the truck. I was more about worried about the mm-hmm. the trail boss thing. Not his foot. He made me shine my my light on my foot before yes. I got into his truck. He's like, let me sure, see this like, thing. I don't be leaking in here. He's like, bandage that thing up before you get in my truck. I mean, I don't need trace evidence in my truck. No, honestly, no. It's it's. You would have looked like you killed somebody. Well, it's not a good look. Okay. <laughs> Let me so let's let's see it. Oh, it's come along. It's still you know, a chunk the, out of there. The though. weird foot injuries are kind of becoming a recurring theme with him. Remember, he got uh-huh. stabbed by a right. sea urchin. Fauna, fauna, fauna. And why the purple sea urchin? That's right. We need to get you some water socks, buddy. I just should. But was this before or after you outside. saved somebody from drowning? That was during. Oh, so the oh, that's right. <clears throat> I didn't that's right. Say, I didn't save him from drowning. I just saved him from dying. You, you, you in certain events near the ocean is it's amazing. It's not. You I shouldn't mean, be near the ocean. I'm not. You a should wa- stay away from the. I water. love it, but I'm don't belong there. But you have never ever never met Lane. Never. Had you I would not have never been saved the, the man from drowning in Hawaii. Have they erected the statue yet? Of me? Yeah. Uh, I'm supposed to go over there for inaugural uh, oh, ceremony. Nice. No, they haven't. That it was uh it was a non thing. It was an everyday occurrence out in Hawaii. Somebody's getting brought in from the water. I'm actually shocked he brought up the toe thing because he premised not to say anything. I never said that. About it. Oh, this toe. wasn't supposed to be brought up? No. How doth you? I never said that. But I never said don't speak of this. Was he crying? really like a little baby? No, he, he no, he, no, he's you know, he, there, no, no tears. Did I really say that, Frank? Well, I mean, you were skateboarding with sandals on. I, but did I say don't mention it? I mean, like, give it a week. I so never said I that. Feel you know, I can live with myself with this bonehead error I made. He's putting words in my mouth. I feel like they're landing though, right into your mouth. Well, I'm He's glad you didn't break your toe. It looks like your toe's on the mend. Um, Bottom line, thanks for picking me up. Anything. My foot was squirting all over the place. There was no way I was getting home that night. And for you to come back and get me, I appreciate you. You're a true friend. I and you're you. up there in the fern and uh, Sean's status. Sean's got a little work to do, but you're nice. up there. That's, I've surpassed Sean. Well, uh, I put you above Sean on like the reliability factor, but Sean on Fourth of July came through. Yes, big I time did. with his hot dogs. I canceled the Fourth of July trip with my family. Oh, did you make it to softball game? No, I did not. Oh. <laughs> Shocker! I wasn't playing so it was hot. The annual softball game. Hey, that's all right. You made it to the after party. I did with hot dogs. With all the fixings, too. It was just you, though. And dogs. He left his house with a and party fixings. going on at his house, came over here, I heard and he I was, respect that. He was trying to bring more people with him. No. He, he was pleading. I was trying to get rid of those people. 
Sean had to work the next day. I've heard day. a lot of different varying stories about Fourth of July. Oh yeah. And Sean Harris does. Oh Frank. Oh Frank. Well, so it sounded like it was overall. How was the the, the fireworks show? The, the show they do here in Sonoma is usually tip top. Probably it was good. It was low this year. Okay. Low low fireworks. Hmm. Uh, the guy who's been doing it for twenty nine years. It's his last year doing it. So hopefully somebody takes the reins. I hope it's Dan Morgan. <laughs> Dan Morgan? Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Please. That actually sounds like a great idea. Please Morgan. be Dan Morgan. <laughs> Speaking of Dan Morgan. That would be uh, dangerous. Are you going to go to the Shellville Fire Department barbecue? Oh, Sunday, Sunday, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's that. Have to go. I love that event. Love it. But it's always on one of the hottest days of the year. Guaranteed. It's July. I know. They used to have dunk tanks out there, right? Not anymore. <sighs> need to bring you know, them back. You're throwing potatoes, trying to win salamis. You know. Well, you got it's the salami event. toss. I got the salami toss. You can uh, roll. Is the salami toss not one of the better games of all time? Best game. Until you go and roll dice for bottles of wine or booze. Where's that? Wine or booze? I want I a salami got that dice table. It's like can... boss. Oh, that's right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then the chicken. That chili. There's. They, it's either Mulis is making a pot of chili, you know, every year. You think it's, it's bubbling right now? I think it's simmering year round. But it's like, it's. <laughs> I think it's good. It's like, it's got that it's black like sourdough pepper bread. There's kinda, a starter. I don't know. It, that, would, that would be sweet. <laughs> There's a starter chili. But you take Usta. Love. Oh. Love, love, love. But that's a, a good uh, local. That is event. a good local event. That's this Sunday. I'm, I'm, it's I'll always the following Sunday, whatever, you know, so you have 4th of July, and it's always the following Sunday. That's right. For a while. That would be this. Oh, it is this Sunday. Yeah. I just got that. Yeah. Wow. And you could even just go. Welcome. I know you've done this in the past, Frank, is just pick it up to go. Just grab it and go. There's been years that yeah. that's, that's happened where it's... Uh, to go? Yeah, you slip in there around three or four o'clock. You have your ticket. You get, you know, they ask you, you want it to go, or you want to eat in here. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm Give you leaving. a little styrofoam. Uh, yeah, yeah, excellent call. But typically, it's it's there. You know, you do the silent auction, or you buy a bunch of raffle tickets. I mean, I think I've won a, a raffle item like in the last eighteen years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on Thank fire, you. dude. We're gonna let you work the board from now on. I know. <laughs> Something's gotten into him. Jeez. <laughs> he hit us with Huel Hauser and then applause just right. perfectly timed. What's next? I'm excited. Two Huels. <laughs> no less. Um, agreed. Everybody get out to the Shell Vista. Shellville. Shell Vista Fire District. Uh, district, but that's isn't that the Shellville? It's in Shellville. Thank you. Yes. It's in Shellville. All right. Sunday, July 6th. 15th. 16th. 16th. Today, 14. Tomorrow, 15. Second week after 4th of July every yeah. year. Everybody. Halfway through July Come to already. Jeez Louise, where is it Can going? Can you believe it? Come to Sonoma. That California. dog just ate an avocado. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have that one if you'd like. I don't know. We got to load that one. So, All Star break. Uh, 41 home runs in a round. I Major mean, League Baseball. Holy yeah. Christ. I know. It wasn't as exciting as I was hoping. I agree. The the 
they just quick pitch and they just slam out. You don't even get to see them go into the crowd. The the angles, <coughs> the views. I watched on two different channels in the same. I'm just glad views Berman's were... gone. What? Back 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 back. I, I mean, I'll take Berman over these. I agree new, that new I schools. didn't like that, but now I kind of miss it. How many backbacks can you take? It's like I don't know, fifty. I don't even want to watch the first round. Then it's like just give me to the second round, and then that's when I can take on the backbacks. But it, come on, it was it was fun. Like oh, look at you know, is the, Berman still alive? Chris, he is Chris Berman. Chris Berman, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought it was the the views. They did the split screen, right? So one's showing the pitcher's view. And the other one is showing the trajectory of the baseball. Uh-huh. I just didn't dig it. I want to see one view from behind the plate. Show me where that ball lands. Start again. And this individual and I would always bet the home run derby. So you, you get the lineup and you flip a coin, draw straws, whoever gets first pick, you know, and so then you select a guy, I'd select a guy. So we would each, you know, take the, the field of the home run derby and we'd each get a guy and then our, our guy, you know, wins a home run derby and right. give him $20. Um, so this particular year was a year like where Greg Vaughn was with this, uh, the Padres. He hit all those home runs, 50 plus home runs. Was lefty? Greg Vaughn, I think, was a lefty. Anyways, the All-Star game was in... Not to be confused in, with Mo Vaughn. You were thinking Mo Vaughn, who was in Boston. Yeah, not to be confused with. Not to be confused Aren't they with. brothers, though? Uh, I believe they are. I mean, Vaughn is spelled the same. Anyways, the All-Star game this year, it was or at that time, was on the East Coast. So we already knew, you know, come 5, 6 o'clock in, on the West Coast, who had already won. So, a certain individual, say a family member, throw the name out, got a hold of me and uh, said, "Hey, are you still uh, doing that bet with your buddy on the home run derby?" And he's like, "Well, Greg Vaughn won it. I think it was Greg Vaughn. It was probably Mo Vaughn. I think it was Mo Vaughn. Maybe it was Mo Vaughn. Had to be. But Greg Vaughn was definitely an all star." I don't even know if there is such a thing as a great. I don't think so either. You don't He's making people up right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a move on for sure. So, uh, funny story. Uh, I, I got the guy knowing who was going. There's a Ricky Vaughn from there Major League Baseball. Vaughn. Yes. Is that who you're thinking of? Greg Vaughn? No, there's no Greg Vaughn. I'm thinking Mo- Milwaukee Brewers, though, if there is a Greg yeah, Vaughn. Yeah, there is a Greg Vaughn. See, Greg Vaughn. Was he on the Brewers? Or is he just some random person you Google? He was on San Diego. <laughs> there is a Greg Vaughn. There is there. one. There's a Greg. He sells carpet in Cincinnati. <laughs> Greg Vaughn, baseball player. He's wearing a blue shirt there. Okay, looks like he sells carpet. <laughs> oh, Frankie. Frankie is You're just grasping at straws. Just give up. There's no Greg Vaughn. The whole story's bullshit. Greg Vaughn. What's his stat line? He's Greg digging Vaughn deep into the archives right now to 61, find a great... Uh, 6,100 at-bats, a little over 1,000 runs. What team? Uh, Rockies, the Rays. Minor league or... Uh, Greg Vaughn. 
So yeah, he was a brewer for most of his career. Okay. In 1989. And then the, the big year was with when he was the brewer, the Padres. He hit like, I don't know. How many home runs did he hit? Six. <laughs> Lefty? What position? Hey. Well, you yeah, think he had 50 home runs in 98. Damn. And Boach was coaching. You good? Hey, Greg Monroe. Greg. I'm taking back everything. Is this his brother? Can we look at that too? Ooh, They're not let's brothers. Go. Let's find that out right now. Type. What blood type are they? Can't they donate blood? All right. What else are we going to have to edit out of here? You got your pick three, Frank? Looks like they may be cousins. <laughs> oh, okay. They're okay, related. well, they're related. Greg Von Movon. It's a win for me. Sean wins. Let's get a round of applause. And, um, yeah, this is spiraling downhill. It's not going good. Let's wrap it up. Let's get your pick three. Let's well, get your birthdays. I don't have a pick three, but we got birthdays. So, born. Give uh, us a pick three, Frank. Damn it. Sean pick really three. wants one. Um. Mm, yeah. Budweiser, Bud Light. Bud. I mean, we just drank forties last episode, so Budweiser. I don't know where I'm going with this. Keep going. Try Keep it. it going. You're on the right I track. I got birthdays. Birthdays are good. So, born July fourteenth, nineteen sixty-seven. Huh? He played for the oh. White Sox. Specifically at third base, and he got beat up by an old man. Who am I? Robin Ventura.
is like, well, what's all right? But so then there's like the soul patch, right? Like that's like you're talking lower lip, under under the lower lip, on your face. The flavor saver or the the soul patch? I just want you to describe it like if if somebody a flavor was saver is probably it's like literally below the bottom of your lip, symmetrical just without using your hands. And it, yeah, it's, it. it's like maybe 17 um, hairs, some varying in size and thickness. Like some are quite fine. Some are like established thick. But it's like and how you can kind of like bring your lower lip into your mouth. <laughs> then the hair, you know. Hey, you can't use facial. It, we're, we're doing it for the listeners here. I want you to. You're just hoping it. some of that good dipping sauce falls on that thing. So then you have you're like drinking mm-hmm. a beer and you're like, man, I'm hungry. And then you're like, you're like playing with it. And you're like, ooh, hence the flavor saver. That's why it's called that. Thai peanut sauce residuals. On you don't even have a flavor saver. I know, thank God. There's <laughs> a lot of people. Yes, I agree with that. But I think everyone can agree with if you see someone with a flavor saver, it throws you off a little bit. Am I right? You're like, what? You're like, those are still Around? I think he got rid of it once he got to the the Giants. I feel like. I think it was still if it, it was burned in my mind, so it was like staring at the sun, and you still see so you Something still see there. the silhouette. No, see, yeah, it's like looking at Tim Hudson with the flavor saver. I still see it. You know what I mean? Nineteen eighty five. This man, a American Pro Football Hall of Fame quarter corner cornerback. Um, won a Super Bowl in 2014 with the Patriots. He's a four-time first-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler. Um, most of the time he's on an island. Oh, Revis? Daryl Darrell Revis. Revis, huh? Good job. Two to one. This is, this is this is this is right here. Going. We're either gonna kiss our sisters or uh, Scotty's gonna Waste take this. Waste my time no more. You hear that? Go away. Go back to the docks where you belong. All right, Mick. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll try yeah. to clean it up here. This guy born in 1988. I was 10 years old when this individual was born. 10 years young. 1998. Huh? He's a uh, 1936. Uh, so. Third multi-divisional champion in UFC. 1998? Yes. Ken Jamrock? No. no. Somebody newer than that. Proper 12. Household what? name? Household name? What's his name? That old fucker from... What, divi- what lightweight? McGregor. Connor McGregor. Connor. You gave it to us too early. We wanted to guess a little more. I'm sorry. Oh. Sad. So that's what I got. Happy birthday, Robin Ventura, Eric Dampier, Tim Hudson, Darrell Revis. Mr. Proper 12 himself. Kana. Very nice. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right. What do you guys want to end the show on? Life sentence? Ooh, I don't have one of those. Are we there? No. Well, no, are we getting any workout tippers or pointers? Workout Sean? tips? I have a diet tip from Sean. Like, what What are we doing to stay fit? Whether it's working out, eating right, what are we eating? Know, what are we eating this summer? What's in season? God, I can't honestly remember what you even said last week. So. But you assume I failed. Well, me, I, doesn't rem- I don't remember it. 
and I'm sure a lot of other people don't. Can well, I ask this? Well, I do. Okay. Can I ask what's in season to to be eaten right now? How what's in season to be eaten? <laughs> <laughs> season to be eaten. All right. Why are you open up, Frank? Pardon me? Frank's tapping into the mainframe. All right. So we're going to go around the board. We're going to do a life sentence. You guys ready? No. Frank? Um, You guys always hate this one, but um, don't nope, go nope, nope, no, no, chasing no, no. waterfalls. It's Stick be to the dream, rivers and the streams that you're you used to. You cannot use one you've already used. I think he's never used anything but that, though. No, I've had I've come through something. I don't believe. I don't believe you. All right, what do you got, Sean? Inspire me. Uh, I don't have one lined up yet, Frank. It's Scott's turn. It goes around the table clockwise. That's true. We're sitting twelve o'clock, Senor. You guys both suck. So you can't use one you've already used, Frank. Huh? Sean, think of one. Uh, I'm having a hard time here. I'm gonna go with uh, NXS. Never tear us apart. One sentence. Never tear us apart. Who are we? Okay. Never tear us apart. It's your turn, dude. I don't have one again. This is, this is how we end this show, you son of a bitch. I don't like this segment. Okay. Get better at it. Wow. You were laying, you got you got inspired tonight. Oh, uh, what's that? You don't like my house? My house stinks. That's right, it stinks! Stinky in here. I have no favors for you. Don't around me. Stinky. Oh, you're prime. What about my prime, Nick? Rocky, our next guest. We're going to have Sylvester Stallone. I ain't had no prime. That was okay. going on a lot longer than I thought it was going to go. There's Should've a sandwich been. in every beer. That's the name of one of our episodes. You, you said that, too. Mm-hmm. Frank... You're due next week. Am okay? I failing? No, you pretty think much. About it. Sean's up. <coughs> Give us something. We'll edit all this other shit out. Okay. And okay. we'll just put your quote in. How about uh when there's a man on first and third with less than two outs and the ball is hit up no more than fifteen feet within the infield and it is caught or dropped. Infield. The batter is out. Infield fly roll. Correct, sir. Okay, that's hey. an, that's another episode we did where we did umpire rules, which we should bring back. Actually, yeah. so Frank is just, he's going off script, and I don't like it. At least yeah. I'm adding something to the show here, Mister Angels Fly, because they take themselves lightly. Uh, there we go. We've heard uh, that one though. <laughs> Loser. Give us something original. No, Fresh. I don't have any. All right. Mm. Well, mm. Frank says. Mm. I'm going to play us out then. You guys are... Pick and choose your battles. I like that. I have not said that. I like that. Okay. What do you guys want to play out with? Um, I got one. We're going to stick with Australia on this one, okay? Hope it's some minute work, maybe. Yeah, minute work, please. No, it's going to be more punk rock than that. Fuck you. (laughs) We got it? Right into it. 
on the sticks. 